Welcome to the 29th of September 1997. Four seasons of loneliness by Boys Two Men top the US charts. Candle in the Wind by Elton John tops the UK charts. The Peacemaker starring George Clooney and Nicole Kidman raked in the most money at the box office, while gamers were leveling up Cloud and Final Fantasy VII on PS1. Wrestling fans though had a choice. They could watch WWF Raw's War, a taped show from Albany, New York, or they could watch WCW Nitro Live from Worcester, Massachusetts. The WWF presents Bad Blood in your house later in the week and as always, the pay-per-view will get covered on this channel. WCW meanwhile still have a few weeks to go before reaching their Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. If you've got your supplies at the ready soldier then let's crack on with episode 101. Raw opens up with a recap from last week, it's all about the Stone Cold Stunner to Vince McMahon. Tonight on Raw, Austin and McMahon are going to have words and we'll learn about what the future holds for Stone Cold. After the formal Nitro introduction from the commentators, we see a video detailing the Randy Savage vs DDP feud up until this point. Dallas and the Macho Man have another date with Destiny at Halloween Havoc and this segues nicely into our opening Nitro match. We've got DDP vs Buff Bagwell while over on Raw, Shawn Michaels cuts a promo with his buddies. Buff the stuff Bagwell performs an arm drag and he poses to the crowd. He puts Dallas down with a shoulder block and again he shows us why he's called the stuff. Raven, however, isn't impressed by Buff's offense. Check it out, Stevie Richards sits behind Raven and this dude here won't stop asking him questions. Stevie's like, fuck off. Buff pulls the hair and Paige gets smacked across the face. Paige then smacks the stuff clean out of Bagwell and Buff takes two clotheslines. The second one sends him to the outside. DDP performs a plancha and he's all fired up. Back in the ring, Bagwell feigns a knee injury after a leapfrog. Mickey J tells Paige to back up, but Buff smacks Dallas from behind, and our main man is absolutely fucking delighted with his heelish actions. Buff tells us to watch his dropkick, there it is, and Dallas gets dropped on the top rope. And then, uh, DDP headbutts Buff right in his Bagwell. It looks like it looks like Buff was thrusting in here, but yeah, headbutt to the balls. Buff takes an inverted atomic drop, a big right hand sends him to the mat, but a low blow followed by a swinging neckbreaker puts Dallas down and Buff goes for the cover. When DDP kicks out, Buff argues with Mickey, and this leads to Bagwell almost getting pinned. Vincent jumps on the apron and Buff sends Dallas into the referee. The NWO have a perfect opportunity to do some damage but that doesn't happen. Paige hits Vincent with a diamond cutter, he then hits Buff with a float over diamond cutter and Dallas wins our Nitro opening match. A good opening bout by the way, the crowd were fired up for this one. Dallas bumps into Raven as he leaves through the audience. These two actually would have a few matches together and they were generally good matches too. HBK, Triple H, China, and Rick Rude are in the ring and Vince McMahon wants an interview. This is the Ralph Lauren shirt era of D-Generation X. McMahon again wants to know who's paying Rick Rude for his services and Rude says he operates under strict confidentiality. Rude then says Vince McMahon himself is in dire need of an insurance policy after what Steve Austin did last week. HBK and Triple H are too busy hogging the camera. Sean and Hunter have been messing Vince around since the start of the interview and Vince called Sean a wise ass before asking him how he plans on surviving hell in a cell. Sean says he'll drop Vince on his neck again if he continues the insults and HBK reminds us that he and his buddies made easy work of The Undertaker last week in the garden so Sean isn't sweating the phenom this Sunday at Bad Blood. Sean says he and his friends kicked the dead man's ass last week like no one has ever done before and then he tells Triple H to take over. 
Michael says this is the moment Hunter's been waiting for for a very long time. It's time to unload on the World Wrestling Federation. Triple H says Vince and the World Wrestling Federation have always been afraid of clicks, and this is one click that McMahon will never break up. Hunter says he's been sitting back for years while Vince and the company, quote, spread their legs like a cheap whore for all the so-called superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. But Vince knows that not one of those superstars could lace up Triple H's boots. Hunter says he's not waiting for a break anymore, he's taking it in his own hands. And this is quite reminiscent of Hunter's promo after he won King of the Ring, by the way. Hunter says he enjoyed attacking The Undertaker last week, and Hunter's not so sure that the dead man will even make it to bad blood. Vince is visibly agitated in the ring, by the way. He's getting messed around big time, and you can see he's not very comfortable with the antics going on. Sergeant Slaughter comes to the ring, and Michaels uses the European belt to protect himself from Slaughter's spit. The commissioner wishes Sean luck in Hell in a Cell because he's gonna need it. And as for Triple H, he's <laughs> he's gonna face The Undertaker tonight in the main event. Triple H isn't too pleased about this announcement. The Hart Foundation then appear on the stage and the hitman called Sean and Hunter boy toys. These two have committed crimes against the Hart Foundation and they've crossed the line. There's no return for Sean and Hunter. Brett says HBK and Triple H are gonna pay for those crimes and they're gonna pay tonight on Raw. Speaking of paying, it's been said that Brett found out last week that Vince McMahon could no longer afford his WWF contract. I'm not exactly sure when Brett got in touch with WCW to see if his old offer was still on the table or if Brett and Vince would have had further discussions about what could be done to keep Brett in the World Wrestling Federation, but it's generally believed that the hitman knew at this time that his professional future was uncertain. WCW are going to educate viewers over the next few weeks on everything lucha. Mike Tenay has put together a series of videos that will show fans the history of Mexican wrestling, along with interviews from WCW's best high flyers. Rey Mysterio Jr. takes on El Caliente next on Nitro and the Giant cuts a promo. Davy Boy Smith battles Vader on Raw. This El Caliente dude attacks Rey on the outside and he puts on Rey's outer mask. The commentators have no idea who this guy is, and even lucha expert Mike Tenay is completely stumped. Ray gets slammed into the corner and El Caliente pulls off the signature Eddie Guerrero vaulting senton. So that's the dead giveaway, it's clearly Silver King. Ray counters a flopjack with a face buster, he performs a monkey flip before hitting a tilt award backbreaker, and he takes back his mask before throwing it into the audience. Ray then misses a moonsault and Silver King lands a dropkick. Ray counters a powerbomb attempt but he gets rocked with a clothesline and then El Caliente tries to remove Mysterio's mask. When this doesn't work Mysterio ends up taking that powerbomb but he kicks out at two. Mysterio takes a superplex, he gets scooped up on El Caliente's shoulders but he dodges the turnbuckles by jumping onto the apron. We then see a ridiculously good springboard Hurricane Rana and Rey Mysterio wins the match. Mysterio then takes off El Caliente's mask and color me surprised, that ain't Silver King, it's Eddie Guerrero, fantastic. The Giant comes out for an interview with Mean Gene. It's confirmed here that our main event features Kurt Hennig versus the big man for the US title. That Kurt Hennig boy sure is getting a lot of Nitro main events. And the Giant says he's gonna win this one tonight for Ric Flair. What Hennig did at War Games was unnecessary. What goes around comes around. And the Giant says tonight paybacks are hell. Over on Raw, the company have set up cameras waiting for the arrival of Steve Austin, and back in the ring, Davy Boy Smith takes on Vader. It doesn't look right seeing Davy without his European title, but he's gonna soldier on and continue competing in the World Wrestling Federation. There's still many chins that need locked. 
Vader knocks Bulldog out of the ring to start us off and when Davey gets back in he gets clobbered with a few forearms. Complete destruction by Vader here as Bulldog gets splashed from every direction but when the fight spills to the outside Vader gets dropped on the guardrail giving Davey a bit of time to get his shit together. Back in the ring Davey hits a back suplex, he avoids the Vader teabag, good man and BOOM Davey Boy Smith Chinlock they take a commercial break here during the chin lock and I'm already writing a letter of complaint. We come back and it's the bulldog getting dropped over the guardrail this time, looks like our hero's about to take another loss. The match gets back inside the ring, Vader hits the Vader bomb, but then the heart foundation run in and we've got ourselves a DQ finish. Brett applies the figure 4 around the ring post, the patriot runs in to help his bad blood tag team partner, but big mistake my man, big mistake. The patriot gets destroyed and he too takes a figure 4 around the ring post. Davy and Brett then put maple leaves over Vader and the patriot and Raw moves on to its next segment. Farouk takes on Ahmed Johnson next on Raw while Goldberg battles the Barbarian on Nitro. Sting gets spotted in the audience before the Nitro match but that's not the story here. What the fuck is this thing? Is that Andre the Giant? Could Sting pick a worse thing to stand beside? Neither Goldberg nor the Barbarian can take control after the initial lockup. A shoulder block also fails to make Goldberg move but a back elbow does the job, at least for a moment. Goldberg counters a hip toss with a roll and a mount as Mike Tanay tells us a bit about Goldberg's time as a pro footballer. Barbarian takes a clothesline from the second rope and Goldberg sends his opponent out of the ring with a dropkick. When they get back in the ring Barbarian stops Goldberg from jumping off the top rope. Goldberg gets suplexed off the top as WCW decide to show his match from last week at the same time. Barbarian delivers a perfect power slam next and Goldberg counters a pile driver with a back body drop. We then see the jackhammer and Goldberg wins his second nitro match. Mean Gene tries to talk to Goldberg again, he pulls out a photo of Goldberg and the Atlanta Falcons but once again Goldberg doesn't say a word. Goldberg did not wrestle on any WCW B or C shows this past week so that's 2-0. On Raw the Ahmed Johnson vs Farouk rivalry reignites and at this point it should just be over with. Ahmed should have moved on to something else but here we are. This is an IC title tournament semi-final match and Ahmed brought along his professional lifesavers to keep an eye on those pesky nation members. Weird finish for this one, Ahmed started off strong but Farouk took advantage of Ahmed's cut hand, a cut hand that's been bandaged up so much that dropping a brick on it wouldn't do any damage. Ahmed comes back with an axe kick, the match goes to the outside and Ahmed whacks Farouk a few times with the ring steps. The ref then tries to get a little order and Ahmed slaps him, resulting in Ahmed Johnson losing via disqualification. What follows is the expected brawl between the two teams and the babyfaces get the better of the nation. So Farouk vs Owen Hart is now confirmed for bad blood and the IC title will be on the line. And the other members of the nation are going to take on Ken Shamrock and the Legion of Doom at the pay per view. Once again we get a look at the arena doors, everyone's waiting for Steve Austin to arrive but he's still to show up. Brian Pillman's final raw appearance comes in the form of his triple X files while Larry Sabisco cuts a promo on Nitro. This Pillman storyline with Marlena and Goldust wouldn't get concluded. At Bad Blood Pillman was due to face Dude Love and during this bit here Pillman says he won't compete unless a few restraints were put on Goldust. Brian says he knows Goldust is going to show up so he wants some guarantees. Pillman says he wants Goldust handcuffed to the ring at Bad Blood and only then will Brian show up. 
Brian says Dustin needs to find his own handcuffs because Pillman's are going to be in use tonight. And then the video cuts off. We'll talk a bit more about Pillman during the Bad Blood video and on next week's episode of Reliving the War. It's unavoidable. Over on Nitro, Larry Zabisco joins Mean Gene and Okerlund reminds Zabisco about Roddy Piper's announcement last week. The living legend's going to officiate the Scott Hall vs Lex Luger match at Halloween Havoc. Zabisco says that many people think he's going to be an unfair referee but the fans have got it all wrong. If Zabisco interferes, it makes Luger look weak and it also leads to WCW losing some integrity. The worst thing Zabisco can do to Scott Hall is to call the match right down the middle. Lex can beat Scott without Zabisco's help. Larry wants to know how Scott feels when someone stands up to the NWO and bites back. Short, simple and straight to the point, thankfully. We've got Disco Inferno vs Juventud Guerrera and Jeff Jarrett vs Steve McMichael on Nitro. On Raw we've got Goldust vs The Sultan. Dude Love provides commentary for the Raw match, Goldust has a skull painted on half his face, and Vince McMahon confirms that Goldust will indeed get handcuffed to the ring during the Dude Love vs Brian Pillman match at Bad Blood. Dude Love says he spoke with Commissioner Slaughter and he got a new stipulation added. If Dude Love beats Pillman at the pay-per-view, then Goldust vs Pillman will take place immediately afterwards, and it'll be a no disqualification match. You can only wonder what the plans would have been here. The Iron Sheik attacks Goldust on the outside, giving Sultan an unfair advantage. Sultan does more damage in the ring with a backbreaker and it gets slowed all the way down with a sleeper, giving the cameraman a chance to zoom in on Dustin's wedding ring. Goldust fights back and he delivers a back suplex. Dustin then lights Sultan up in the corner, but Sultan answers with a super kick. Goldust then gets back up, he performs his drop down and slap, and he then wins the match out of nowhere with a bulldog. Goldust kisses his wedding ring as Vince McMahon lets us know that Goldust and Marlena will renew their wedding vows next week on Raw's War. The TV title was on the line when Disco Inferno defended against Juventud Guerrera. Disco toyed around with Guerrera to start off, clearly thinking that his opponent was unworthy of a TV title shot, but Juvie fired back with a few chops and a slap to the face before pulling off a head scissor takedown. I like how Mickey J avoided Disco like he was a big lump of shit rolling towards him. Guerrero almost took Disco's head off with a springboard dropkick and he kept the pressure on with a somersault senton. Back in the ring, Disco drops Hoobie with a stun gun and the Inferno goes hard at his opponent in the corner. Disco's all fired up and he's getting a good reaction here too, but then… Disco dance the fuck out of here boy, let's see how a real man dances. Those trousers, man. You gotta be one brave dude to wear those glow on the dark motherfuckers right there. My respect for Alex Wright can't get any higher. Back in the ring, Disco hits a clothesline and a swinging neckbreaker, but Alex puts Hoovy's foot on the ropes. Disco tells Alex to get the hell out of here, and the match continues on, but then Jacqueline shows up and she begins arguing with Alex Wright. Jackie clearly wants the Disco Inferno, and Alex has already had his chance. Jackie then trips up Hoovy, and she effectively gives Disco the win, and the commentators say, Maybe Jackie wants Disco to keep the TV title so she can take it away from him. The thing is, the problems between Jackie and Disco weren't 
explain to viewers at home? Last week's post-match promo left viewers with many questions and nothing was explained here. WCW assumed their fans would know what happened between Disco and Jackie by reading dirt sheets and all that kind of stuff. So from a strict TV perspective, this kind of falls flat. Maybe they'll explain it more in the weeks leading up to Halloween Havoc. Macho Man and Liz came out next and they say absolutely nothing of substance. Macho says he created a monster known as DDP and he'll end DDP at Halloween Havoc. Liz says Macho's the greatest wrestler in the world past, present and future. And Macho dares Sting to come down to the ring at any point tonight for a fight with the madness. Jeff Jarrett vs Steve McMichael then took place because this is a match we just haven't seen enough of. Even Mongo says on his way to the ring that this ends tonight because he can't be asked anymore. Half of the match is spent time wasting as per usual with Jarrett matches in WCW. It'll be interesting to see how this changes when he jumps back to WWF soon. It's a pretty typical back and forth encounter with the crowd getting behind Mongo and his big par moves. The ending involved Deborah though and as expected bullshittery led to big Mongo taking a loss. Deborah smacked McMichael and oh oh wait we've got an artist in the audience. We all thought Steve was going to shove Deborah's head up her asshole and turn her into a football but Double J hits a running knee, Jarrett covers Mongo while using the ropes and Jarrett wins. Mongo goes after Deborah. Jarrett celebrates in the ring and I'm so done with this stuff too, it's time to move on. Stone Cold's arrived at the arena and he's on his way to the ring. Austin cuts a promo on Raw while Chris Jericho battled 6 on Nitro. Austin makes his way down to the ring and he stares a hole through Vince McMahon. He tells Vince all he's been hearing all week is that McMahon has something to say to him, so he holds the ropes open as Vince gets in the ring. Vince says Austin's either a lunatic or he just doesn't give a damn, but right now Vince doesn't give a damn either. McMahon's tired of trying to protect Austin and trying to protect his staff from Austin's attacks, but he's not gonna do it anymore. Austin says it sounds like Vince is about to fire him so Vince should just get on with it, Austin doesn't care either way. McMahon gives Austin three options. Number one, Austin can bring a doctor's note to Raw next week that says he's able to wrestle but the chances of that happening are highly unlikely. Number two, Austin can sign a waiver and if he gets hurt he can't sue the World Wrestling Federation, it's Austin's problem if he gets seriously injured. The third option, Austin's contract gets terminated and he's done with WWF. Austin says no doctor knows his neck better than he does. If Austin's ready to go, he's ready to go. Vince can bring a waiver to Raw, maybe Stone Cold signs it or maybe he'll shove it up Vince's ass. Finally, if Vince fires Austin in front of the world, then Austin will beat Vince's ass in front of the world and that's the bottom line cause Stone Cold says so. Austin has some thinking to do, we'll find out soon which option he goes for. This is so good because you really do want to see what happens next. You'd be waiting eagerly for the next episode of Raw to see how things unfold and as simple as that sounds, it's something other storylines and rivalries struggle to do. Case in point, Jeff Jarrett vs Steve McMichael. Austin comes back and he flips McMahon off. Anytime they blur things up like this I have to go back and check the TV version to make sure this isn't a network thing and yeah it was blurred on TV too. Soon enough I'm going to have to switch over and start using the TV versions every week because god knows what else has been removed from the network, although I did get my raw episodes before they went crazy with removing content. Scott Hall comes to the ring with 6 and the bad guys on crutches. The commentators wonder if Scott's faking an injury though Tony Schiavone does say that Hall missed a few house shows the week prior. 
Scott conducts his survey. It sounds like the fans are here to see the NWO. Six says, when you're NWO, you're NWO for life. Nitro was then supposed to take a commercial break. The NWO's theme music begins to play, but Scott says cut the music and he continues on. He says he's hurt at the moment, but don't worry. If Scott has to crawl to Las Vegas to take care of, quote, Lex Luger's horse face, then that's exactly what he's gonna do. If Larry Sabisco does anything at Halloween Havoc except call it right down the middle, then Larry's gonna end up on the shelf like all the other dinosaurs in WCW that the NWO have taken care of. After saying the NWO's just too sweet, you can hear Hall saying, no, you can play the music, fantastic. Chris Jericho then comes out for his match against Six and you know what to expect from these two and you don't mind watching it again either. Jericho hits a power slam early on but Six replies with a standing spin kick. Scott Hall watches on as Six chops Jericho in the corner and he follows this up with his corner kick combo. Jericho then takes the Bronco Buster but Six gets a little too confident and he misses a top rope senton. Chris delivers a back body drop before hitting Waltman with his springboard drop kick. Jericho also lands a plancha. Chris then goes for a moonsault back in the ring but Six counters with a dropkick and Scott Hall laughs. Still, Chris fights back with a few elbows and he lands a crossbody. After performing a giant swing, Chris hits the lion salt and he sets Waltman up for the lion tamer. Scott Hall then jumps on the apron and Jericho gets distracted. This allows Six to apply the buzzkill. Jericho's giving up but Hall gets in the ring and he stops Scott Dickinson calling for the bell. Scott slaps Dickinson's belly welly a bit and then Larry Sabisco comes to the rescue, breaking up the buzzkill before squaring up the Six and Hall. Larry gets a little help from Lex Luger. As soon as the total package shows up, the NWO get out of harm's way. And Tony Giovanni says it's good to see WCW not backing down and standing together tonight on Nitro. Los Bariquas take on the Headbangers next on Raw while Ric Flair gives us an update on Nitro. Eric Bischoff also has a few things he wants to say. Now, those that watched the One Night Only review would know that this is a rematch here on Raw and you'd also know that the One Night Only match was filled with chin locks and nerve pinches. Not a single nerve pinch nor chin lock gets performed in this Raw tag team match though because it's Jose and Jesus representing the Bariquas and not Savio and Miguel. I was seriously looking forward to the rest holds but we got the wrong Bariquas this time. Sorry guys. The crowd was pretty flat for this one unfortunately and it's not hard to see why either. It wasn't a very exciting match up and these guys followed Steve Austin who was becoming a tougher act to follow as the weeks went on. You know it isn't great when we get a split screen of the commentators with JR talking about how great these headbanger kids have become recently. If the headbangers lost the belts tonight then their match against the Godwins at Bad Blood would be in jeopardy. So the Godwins along with Uncle Cletus made sure the match ended in disqualification. Savio and Miguel hit the ring too, we have a big old fight, and yeah, not everything was great on WWF Raw around this time period, guys. Could have done without this one, really. On Nitro, Tony Giovanni gets a call from his hero, Ric Flair, and Ric lets us know what the story is with his recent absence. Ric says he appreciates that Tony was thinking of him a few weeks ago. The Nature Boy watched war games a few times and he watched what Hennig did to him with the cage door. And Slick Rick had to sit down and think about his future. Rick says he's the dirtiest player in the game and no one should feel sorry for him. So Flair thanks Kurt Hennig for giving him the wake up call that he needed. Flair says he's been guilty of being caught off guard. He was beaten up by the NWO because he's became complacent. So Flair sends a message. The stitches come out next week and he's coming after Hennig as soon as he's back. In regards to Hogan taking the robe, Flair says it's just like the NWO driving a truck through his home. Hogan can't fill Flair's shoes, never mind wear his robe, and Flair promises to get his robe back upon his return. 
Flair wraps it up by thanking Chris Benoit and Steve McMichael. He puts his horseman buddies over, but he says these guys shouldn't be looking out for him anymore. They deserve their own freedom. Flair says the horsemen are done, or at least he's asking for a grace period. Benoit and Mongo don't need Flair anymore. They need to succeed on their own, and they shouldn't need to worry about taking care of nature boy Ric Flair. Ric again serves notice to the NWO. He's coming back soon. But there we go, guys. Horseman business has ended on Nitro. Please excuse me while I go cry like Tony Schiavone. This is too much. I can't do this. I don't think he's got the, the jam. Today's video is brought to you by Brett's Jam, homemade in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. If you're having some sunny days, or if you're being a lousy stinking hyena, you can still ensure you're a jam-up guy by purchasing Brett's delicious, authentic homemade jam. Available in two varieties that's sure to make your friends and family question your life decisions. Brett's Jam has never been so easy to obtain. Visit the Rustling Bio store at chinlocks.com today to get the shirt. And also check out the new Horseman Business and Chinlock designs. Brett's Jam. You ain't got it. Yo, I'm back. Before the Bischoff promo, we get to see the first load of goons who sent in a Nitro party tape and by God, it's a doozy. Meet the students of Brown's University, future PhDs, current lunatics. When these guys aren't studying at university, they're getting together to watch WCW Nitro. They're NWO for life, as you can see right here, and they watch WCW wrestling in the Nitro lab. Look at that fucking fine clip art. Inside the Nitro Lab, there isn't just wild sex parties and mountains of Shawn Michaels' snorty surprise, but the guys invite all their buddies over and they all watch Nitro with the highest amounts of excitement, even during the Jeff Jarrett matches. These dudes even make their own class A's, they do not fuck around, look at this. Our guy here says he only tunes into TNT so he can see Nitro Girl Spice. This dude right here says he has no idea where he is right now, but he's having a great time. This boy says he's a research assistant, but when Nitro comes on, he's a fucking party animal. And one of the only females at this Bratverse fest says she only watches Nitro so she can see Alex Wright swing his pork sword. Not joking about this one, this guy here says he watches Nitro every Monday night and that's all he does. So he just sleeps all week and he wakes up on Mondays to watch WCW. This guy here says peace, prosperity in WCW wrestling. What a great message to end the first ever Nitro party tape. I love this by the way and, and I'm not joking. Great to see people having fun watching wrestling. Imagine this kind of thing in 2022. It'd be four assholes sitting on their phones complaining on Twitter. Eric Bischoff then comes down to the ring and he's had a shave. Someone must have watched Nitro last week at Turner and said, Hey Eric, do something about that face. You're a fucking mess, my man. Eric has some business to take care of. First, that human muppet Sting. How dare Sting decide to show up in the crowd tonight when Hogan's been challenging him for weeks. Sting knows Hogan isn't here tonight because he's off recording some crappy movie. And on top of that, Sting's been showing up at live events and taking out members of the NWO. Bischoff believes there's some info being given to Sting from Roddy Piper, there's some collusion going on. But at Halloween Havoc, Hulk Hogan's gonna rip Piper's leg off and shove it down his throat. And if Sting's a real man, he'll show up at Halloween Havoc to get a good look at what happens to the hot rod. Flexi Lexi takes on Wrath in the semi-main event on Monday Nitro while Owen Hart cuts a promo on Raw. 
Owen's got on his own 316 shirt and I wanted that shirt so bad back in 1997. Anyway, the Riot Squad's here with Owen to make sure that lousy stinking hyena Steve Austin doesn't attack the King of Hearts. Vince wants to know what's the matter with Owen wearing a shirt like this. Owen says it's the truth, just read it and weep. In regards to wrestling Farouk at Bad Blood, Owen says Farouk's a great wrestler but Owen is simply better. Hart lost the IC belt because he had compassion but that mistake won't happen again. Owen will beat Farouk this Sunday and Owen will reclaim his championship belt. Owen says Steve Austin's ruining his life at the moment. He's broken Owen's security, he's attacked the King of Hearts, he's running around attacking officials and Owen says it's up to Vince to get Stone Cold out of the World Wrestling Federation for good because this can't continue any longer. Owen says he knows deep down in his heart that McMahon will make the right decision, so Owen's gonna win the IC belt and he knows Vince is gonna do the right thing next week on Raw. Owen ends the promo and he poses in the corner. What Owen didn't know was that Steve Austin was in the riot gear all along and the rattlesnake hits Owen with a stone cold stunner. The pop's insane as expected and Austin smoothly gets out of the ring and he leaves through the audience. Fans actually hold the other gimmick cops back as Austin escapes, another fine example of how popular Steve Austin was at this time. When we come back from commercial break we see the anvil and Owen backstage. Owen says these attacks have to stop as anvil looks very anxious. Over on Monday Nitro we have Lex Luger vs Wrath and it's really just a question of if the NWO is going to show up or not. You know it's either going to be a clean Luger win or a Luger DQ win due to a run in. As Wrath brings it to the corner, Tony Schiavone announces a Jeff Jarrett vs Steve McMichael match at Halloween Havoc. I can't contain my excitement. Lex brings Wrath to the other corner just to show that he's a big strong boy too. Wrath doesn't budge after a shoulder tackle and a clothesline but he gets sent out of the ring easy enough and Lex gives his opponent time to get back inside. Luger gets suckered in with a test of strength and that dastardly Vandenberg grabs Lex's foot. Wrath hits his pump kick, he chokes Luger in the corner and then a Luger sucks chant breaks out in the arena. Taking the measure of the total package Lex Luger here. It's strange to see Luger in a matchup. Remember what I was saying about that title win being a mistake? Just a few months ago, you'd never imagine fans turning on Luger. It's certainly not every fan, but still, that one week Luger title reign did way more harm than good. Wrath hits the diving clothesline and Vandenberg chokes Luger from the outside. Wrath goes for a suplex, but Luger counters it. Lex then gets up and he hits a few clotheslines. We see a power slam. Luger knocks Vandenberg off the apron. And Lex locks in the torture rack to win the match. No NWO interference and that's a good thing. It's main event time. On Nitro, Kurt Hennig takes on the Giant. On Raw, we've got Triple H versus The Undertaker. Eric Bischoff kicks Bobby Heenan and Mike Tanay off the commentary desk and look at the face on Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Bischoff provides commentary for the Nitro main event but there isn't much time left on the clock. This is gonna be a quick one. Kurt takes a knee to the midsection at the opening bell and he gives us a beautiful oversell after getting launched into the corner. Giant then spits right in Kurt's face and you know what, this shit was just disgusting wasn't it? There's no need for it, though to be fair Kurt done the same thing before the opening bell so I guess it was fair. Wanna see something disgusting though? Giant sticking his giant asshole on Kurt Hennig's mouth. There you go. Not only did Kurt toss the biggest salad WCW had to offer, he also took a big suplex back into the ring. There's a bit of a botch when Giant goes to clothesline Hennig over the top rope and Kurt's able to do a bit of damage on the outside. Back in the ring, Kurt goes for the perfect plex, there's no way he's gonna- Oh, okay, well, well, okay, that's impressive. 
The Giant kicks out, Hennig argues with the referee, and then he walks right into a choke slam. Giant covers Hennig, but then the NWO hit the ring. Bischoff says it's NWO time on commentary, and Shivani says, of course it is. The Giant does a good job of keeping the NWO at bay, but it could only last for so long. Scott Norton clocks the big man with the US title, and the Giant goes down. Just as Randy Savage was about to hit his diving elbow, Sting appears. He gets in the ring, and the NWO bail. But then, Sting throws his bat out of the ring. I can't do this justice. Listen to the pop here. To show up anywhere, yes! anytime he wants. He yes! right. He dropped the bat. Oh, that would give you chills. Sting destroys every NWO member standing in the ring. Nobody can touch him. The crowd volume does not go down as Sting takes everyone out. And just as things were getting good, Nitro fades out. I'd be annoyed, but it happens so often that you just get used to it. Seeing as the giant stuck his asshole on Hennig's face and seeing as Kurt pulled off the perfect plex, I'd say the main event wasn't all that bad. It could be worse. We see a video that shows the Hell in a Cell getting put together and this thing looked great back in the day. I remember immediate comparisons being made to War Games and WCW's other cages, but it was fascinating seeing the WWF go ahead with a new cage structure that promised to be more brutal than ever. McMahon says Shawn Michaels is gonna pay when he gets inside that cell this Sunday at Bad Blood. And speaking of HBK, he and China are gonna stand in Hunter's Corner tonight for the main event. Bret Hart and Davy Boy Smith attack The Undertaker during the Dead Man's entrance, and this doesn't make sense. Didn't Bret say he was coming after Shawn Michaels at the start of the show? Vader and the Patriot rescue The Undertaker and the Hart Foundation get sent to the back. But Triple H and Sean seize the opportunity and Taker takes another beating before the match even begins. Taker fights back when Sean walks away for a brief moment, Triple H gets floored, and then the dead man goes after the heartbreak kid. Hunter recovers and now our main event gets underway. Sean chokes the Undertaker behind the referee's back and Taker gets whipped hard into the corner. A jumping shoulder block from Undertaker puts Trips down, and immediately afterwards, Helmsley takes a choke slam. Undertaker then signals for the tombstone, but Rick Rude shows up and oh my god, he's got a magical briefcase. Undertaker gets hit with the most deadly of foreign objects and the referee calls for the bell. Taker wins via DQ. Rude opens up his magical briefcase and he's got a body bag. He lays it out as Sean hits sweet chin music on The Undertaker, and then China, Hunter, and Sean put the Phenom inside Rude's big bag. The heels think they got one over on the dead man, but The Undertaker sits up. Sean's reaction was great here, by the way. Sean and Hunter try attacking the Phenom again, but it's no good. Sean runs away, and even with Triple H attacking him from behind, The Undertaker continues to follow Sean up the rampway. Taker turns around and he floors Hunter. Sean tries to leap through the curtain, but something stops him from walking through. Looks like red lights. I mean, okay, just roll with it. Undertaker hits Helmsley with a tombstone and Sean has nowhere to run. So, he begins climbing up the Titan Tron. We don't see how this one ends though as Raw fades to black. You'll have to tune in to Bad Blood to see The Undertaker finally get his hands on the Heartbreak Kid. I'm giving this one to Raw. The Steve Austin and Vince McMahon stuff is really fun to look back on and I feel hyped up again for HBK vs The Undertaker. They've done a good job of making Hell in a Cell a must-see match and the thought of The Undertaker finally getting a fair shot at Michaels was enough to make fans pay for the Bad Blood show. Nitro had good variety this week, Sting attacking the NWO at the end of the telecast was fantastic, but I had more fun watching Raw this week. Our scores are now 44 points to Raw, 44 points to Nitro, and we've got 13 ties. 
In the TV ratings, Raw got a 2.7, while Nitro recorded a 4.0. Improvements for both shows over last week. Bad Blood In Your House is up next and I'll cover the whole show this Sunday. Like one night only, I've covered the main event before on the channel not knowing I'd be doing full blown pay per view reviews in the future, but if you want to watch it again with me then I'm more than happy to cover it again. It's one of my all time favourite matches, plus a few other matches on the show aren't that bad either. The road to Halloween Havoc continues on Nitro next week with Piper and Hogan meeting in the ring, Disco Inferno takes on Diamond Dallas Page, Mortis vs Ernest Miller takes place, and uh, Kurt Hennig's in the main event again. Thanks for watching guys, I hope you enjoyed this one, and take care.